This fall at Kenilworth Union, we're preaching a sermon series called The Greatest of These about Paul's beautiful description of love in 1 Corinthians 13. If I speak in the tongues of humans and of angels, but have not love, I'm a noisy gong or a clashing cymbal. And if I have prophetic powers and understand all mysteries and all knowledge and have faith so as to remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Love is patient, love is kind, love is never arrogant or boastful or envious or rude. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things. Love never ends. Pray with me. May the words of my mouth and the meditations of our hearts be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord, our rock and our redeemer. Amen. So in 1 Corinthians 13, St. Paul gives us a beautiful description of the common concept of love. And there Paul wants us to understand that love is not simple and singular, but rather compound and complex. Love is less like a smooth round pebble than a multifaceted diamond where every plane sparkles in the sunlight. Love is patient, says St. Paul. Love is kind, says St. Paul. Love is never envious or boastful or arrogant or rude, says St. Paul. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. One of the shiny facets of that dashing, dazzling diamond called love is love's steadiness or love's resilience. I've told you before that I keep a running list called Underrated Movies of Vast but Invisible Cultural Significance. Love Actually, for example. Moonrise Kingdom. Joe versus the Volcano. Galaxy Quest is on my list of underrated movies of vast but invisible cultural significance. Remember this 1999 movie with Tim Allen and Sigourney Weaver and Alan Rickman? You can tell from the title that Galaxy Quest is a spoof of Star Trek. And do you remember what the tagline in Galaxy Quest is? Never give up. Never surrender. Every character in the film repeats this multiple times. Never give up. Never surrender. And so you can notice now that Galaxy Quest is merely paraphrasing St. Paul. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Never give up. Never surrender. Hmm. I wonder what Alanon or Naranon would have to say to St. Paul. Love bears all things, St. Paul? Really? If your husband gets three DUIs and loses his job because of the Jack Daniels, are you supposed to put up with that? That sounds like a recipe for enabling. Sounds like the definition of codependence. Still, you can see what Paul means, right? It's in our wedding vows. In prosperity and in need, in joy and in sorrow, in sickness and in health, to honor and to cherish you for, long, for as long as we both shall live. I tell my brides and grooms sometimes that love is not an emotion. Love is a policy. Do you see what I mean? You know, emotions are wonderful things, but they're not reliable. They come and go and flash and fade, ebb and flow. They're wonderful, but they're not reliable. A policy, however, is forever. A policy is an incorruptible promise, an infrangible covenant. 
The kind of love Paul's talking about is not the kind of love the rom-coms are about. Not even love, actually. The kind of love Paul is talking about is not the kind of love the classic troubadours are singing about. You know, Elvis, the Beatles, the Beach Boys, Whitney Houston, Beyonce. I'm in love. I'm all shook up. That's not what Paul's talking about. Nothing wrong with love as an emotion. It's quite wonderful. In fact, it's a sine qua non of human existence. We can't live without it. It's the fire that sets our hearts ablaze, the water that slakes our thirst, and the air that fills our lungs. It's wonderful. It's just not enough. It's not reliable. Love is not an emotion. Love is a policy. Love bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. And this is true in our love for the world as well as in our personal relationships. Yes? George Packer wrote an article about the Ukraine war for the Atlantic a while back. And when he was in Ukraine, he interviewed a young woman named Olesya Vinik whose love for her country is so torrid, it makes her fierce. Olesya is a doctor in Lviv, Ukraine. She is 32 years old. Mr. Packer brought her a suitcase full of tourniquets. And when he opens the suitcase, she inhales the fragrance, the factory fragrance of that nylon, you know. And she says, ah, yes, I can already smell the American tourniquets. The Russian way of war is a towering malice. The Russian strategy is not just to make villages and towns uninhabitable. It is to cower the populace into panic and passivity. That's why they bomb maternity wards and nursery schools. That's why they ship Ukrainian children back to Moscow. The Russian way of war is straight from the fires of hell. It is demonic. And none of this intimidates Dr. Vinnick. She is relentlessly optimistic. Mr. Packer asks her, aren't you tired? Aren't you angry? And she says, I am tired. I am angry. I've lost so many friends. Sometimes it's too much. But we will cry after we win this war. Yes, win first, then weep. We will cry after we win this war. What's happening in Israel and Gaza right now has driven me to the brink of hopelessness. My spirit is crushed. My heart's riven. Don't know what to do. Jesus' very birthplace is in the West Bank, pinned behind a forbidding wall. Some of us have been there, and all of us yearn for Israeli thriving and ache at Palestinian pain, but we never give up. We never surrender our impossible dream of a two-state solution. We don't stop loving our country because its leadership just now is divided, dreadful, disputatious, and dysfunctional. We don't stop believing in the world because it often looks like a dumpster fire. We don't stop believing in God just when God seems far away. It's like that song the choir sings sometimes. I believe in the sun even when it's not shining. I believe in God even when God is silent. Those words were originally scrawled on a cellar wall in a concentration camp in Cologne. Ten years after she received a cancer diagnosis, Lauren Doyle Owens wrote a thank you letter to her husband. Or maybe it was a love letter. I guess it was both. 
She says, you only thought about me and what I needed. Every night you slept beside me in that hospital room and in the morning you got up and went home to walk the dog and then you went to work all day and at the end of the day you went back home for the dog and then you went to Whole Foods so that I wouldn't have to eat hospital food and then you came back to the hospital day after day. You never said, she has cancer. You never said, Lauren has cancer. You always said, we have cancer. We did this together. Long after Lauren's cancer is cured, she and her husband go hiking in Japan and they get lost and they end up having to walk four hours longer than they thought they would have. They're both carrying heavy packs. It gets dark hours before they get back to their destination and Lauren just loses it. She disintegrates. She starts sobbing and says, just go on without me. Send somebody back for help. Leave me here. Instead, he takes his backpack off his back and places it on his chest. Then he takes Lauren's backpack and puts it on his back where his had been. And then they stumble forward arm in arm. Lauren points her flashlight down at their feet so they can see where they're stepping. And he points his flashlight ahead so that they can see where they're going. And then they finally make it home. And Lauren says, you, my dear, there is something deep and solid and lasting in you. I wish I had known a long time ago when I was searching for my bedrock, my bedrock. I wish I had known a long time ago that all I had to do was reach out my hand. I love the image. Two backpacks, two flashlights, arm in arm, stumbling home no matter what life throws at you. But you, my dear, there is something deep and solid and lasting in you. It's love's resilience, love's steadiness. Three things abide, says St. Paul. Three things remain. Three things stay. Three things last. Three things abide. Faith and hope and love and the greatest of these 